It's 6 p.m. on August 4th, 2020, and a warehouse at the port of Beirut is on fire. This is, of course, unusual, but not so much so that people stop what they're doing to look at it. That is, until seven minutes later, when an explosion suddenly occurs, jolting people into alertness. Explosions aren't uncommon in the Middle East, but when a blast the size of a truck bomb goes off, you can't afford to be inattentive. Yet these are just some fireworks stored in the warehouse that were ignited, and people start to take a look at the scene. Local residents emerge onto the balconies, drawn by the crackles and flashes of the fireworks going off, and unaware that in 33 seconds, their entire world will change. Then out of nowhere, they're blinded by the light, smoke, and dust from the cataclysmic detonation of ammonium nitrate, which would become one of the defining events in Lebanese history. In moments, a mushroom cloud skyrocketed into the air, and the subsequent blast wave instantly blew through the greater Beirut area, transforming a modern city into a war zone in a matter of seconds. 204 people died that day, and 300,000 were left homeless. The explosion was felt as far away as Cyprus, 160 miles over the Mediterranean Sea, and is the sixth most powerful artificial and unintentional non-nuclear detonation in human history. Yet while the explosion itself might have been unintentional, the actions that led to 2,750 metric tons of highly explosive material sitting in a burning building certainly were not. And this complete destruction of a nation's largest city was absolutely preventable. Because while Lebanon's government might try to show the world that it is a symbol of stability and effectiveness in the Middle East, the truth is that they are not immune to the same issues of ethnic animosity and continual corruption that plague their neighbors. Throughout the second half of the 70s and the 80s, Lebanon was engulfed in a chaotic civil war with at least four sides, each with foreign nations, local governments, and terrorist organizations fighting with them for control and vying for power. Lebanon has been a region of ethnic struggles for a very long time, with the Maronite Christians, Sunni and Shia Muslims, along with quite a few other groups, all trying to take control of the land for themselves, and the neighboring nations of Syria and Israel took the opportunity to invade. Fifteen years of fighting led to the Taif Agreement between ethnic groups, which divided the government and gave parliamentary seats to specific groups of people. The leadership of the government was strictly divided, with the Prime Minister being required to be a Sunni Muslim, the Speaker of the Parliament a Shia, and the President a Maronite Christian. But also included in the Taif Agreement was the idea that over the course of about three years, this extremely non-secular form of government would dissolve, and the system would normalize. But this never happened. Quickly, political parties were established by cultural groups, and each took control over ministries in the government. Each group was left solely in control over each government division that they were meant to take care of, leaving them with zero accountability. Inevitably, this led to the use of allocated funds from each ministry being used for the party's own desires, and not towards the people. More and more corruption resulted in citizens paying high taxes and receiving terrible social services in return. For example, a study showed that Lebanon was spending 420 million US dollars a year on garbage disposal, a job controlled by the Sunnis. But Lebanon's garbage crisis remained among the worst in the world. While piles of waste lined the streets of Lebanese cities, the politicians blamed each other and the only money going anywhere was into their pockets. So when 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate from an unscrupulous Russian vessel were suddenly placed into Lebanon's hands, it isn't a surprise that the situation was handled less than competently. The MV Rosas was a ship owned by a Russian businessman that in 2013 was sailing from Georgia to Mozambique to deliver explosives for a mining company. 
Due to mechanical issues, it made a stop in Beirut, where further examination by the port control determined that the ship was unseaworthy and, under international law, forbidden from setting sail. Because the sailors were Ukrainian and did not have a visa to allow them to step onto Lebanese soil, they were forced to live on the ship for a year with the immense quantities of dangerous explosives on board, while Lebanese immigration officials ignored them until human rights lawyers filed suits. The sailors returned home, the ammonium nitrate was moved into a warehouse, and the ship was left to sit in the port, where it would sink in 2018. Officials in most governments might have taken action over the substantial quantities of highly explosive material in the heart of their own country. For six years though, that warehouse contained the material which would cause one of the greatest disasters and humanitarian crises of our time. But even when many informed people familiar with the situation warned that action needed to be taken, nobody in Lebanon removed the explosives. Until, of course, 2020, when a fire did that for them. The Beirut explosion wasn't an isolated event. It was the latest and most dramatic in a series of occurrences that serve as demonstrations of where the Lebanese government has failed the people that it was meant to serve, but instead marginalizes and ignores. And after what happened, the Lebanese people have had enough. While they pick up the pieces of their city and rebuild it literally, they also turn towards their so-called leaders, who have nothing left to say in defense. Soon after the explosion, Prime Minister Hassan Diab and his cabinet resigned and was eventually charged with negligence on December 10th, along with other ministers who failed to do anything about the dangerous materials they were meant to handle. Various other government officials have resigned, been forced out of power, or indicted as a result of this inexcusable act. The people have united in denouncement of the divisive system which has created a disaster that killed and hurt people regardless of their race, gender, or class. Foreign leaders and adversarial groups alike all agree on the path that is right for the future. It looks like, finally, change might be coming to Lebanon. <laughs>